In this episode of Collective Reject, it haunted me. And I don't mean like a spooky ghost. I mean like the phrase kill six billion demons followed me around for a little while, like a solid month. Whether you a hero or a villain, expedition leads to crazy villains. Every page I turn, you know I got a feeling. New stories everywhere, busting out the comic strip. Story so good, it got me on a power trip. Crazy battles got my mind in a total race. Page one, the original story takes place. So gear up for the new storyline. Writing so good, it sends chills down your spine. Collect or reject, 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 collect or reject. Greetings, true believers. Welcome to Collect or Reject, a show about comics, or more specifically, lesser known comics. My name is Mark Withers, and I'm honored and privileged to be your host today. Here's how it works. Each week, a guest and I will read five issues of a pre-selected title, and based on those five issues, we'll try to determine whether or not that comic should be added to your poll list. Today's comic is Tom Parkinson Morgan's Kill Six Billion Demons, and joining me today to talk about it is one of the new co-hosts of Nerdcage Live and an avid comic book reader in his own right. Ladies and gentlemen, Derek Marr. Derek, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. I am genuinely privileged to be here. I, I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. Same, same. I think it's only fitting that you be the first guest host, considering that, you know, close to a year ago, you and I did this TikTok video reviewing JL Fox's Sisterhood. We did an issue of that. And it was sort of the genesis of the idea of this show. So I just want to say in advance, thanks for doing this. It's my pleasure. Like, this is such a great read. I can't wait to get into it. Awesome. Well, before we dig in, how about we just talk a little bit about your background? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into comics. So... To begin, my love affair with comics actually comes from a garage sale. I wasn't, and still am not to this day, the best reader, but I picked up this comic collection that I didn't realize at the time would kind of change my mind about reading in general. And it was about a little boy and his stuffed tiger, Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> and I read that cover to cover and I loved it. And I got the other collections. I remember really kind of getting into my own in high school with Jonah Vasquez's Johnny the Homicidal Maniac Squeeze series because edgy kids got to be edgy. Uh, and then when I moved out here in Lancaster, my local comic book store, Horizon Comics, owned by Roger May at the time, he really steamrolled me into the modern era of comics. He showed me Saga. East of West, the current run of Deadpool at the time, I was nice. I was pulling left and right. So comics and visual presentation is a really important medium. And I think not a lot of people, oddly enough, in this day and age where you see Moon Knight on Disney Plus, people don't read as many comics as they used to. In yeah, fact, that's true. Yeah. In fact, like the way I understand it is like some kids actually get picked on for reading comics somehow and if there's any child listening um know that it does get better know that you should love what you enjoy and don't let anybody tell you otherwise that's well said thanks for saying it and without further ado let's just jump right into the story here kill six billion demons 
this is super interesting to me because it was started as sort of like a choose your own adventure thread on a Microsoft Paint Adventures forum back in 2012. And Morgan decided to, you know, about a year later, decided to uh, turn this into a webcomic. And it remained a webcomic and it became so popular that in 2016, Image decided to publish the stories as a trade paperback. So Derek, I know that you are a big lover of this comic book. Tell us about it a little bit, you know, and give us your overall feeling about it. So I need to preface that how this book even came to my attention in the first place, and I mean this in the most literal sense of the word, it haunted me. And I don't mean like a spooky ghost. I mean like the phrase kill six billion demons followed me around for a little while, like a solid month. Um, until I eventually gave in and picked it up. I went to a game shop and they talked about it. Uh, it was getting suggested to me before I even went to that game shop through Amazon and other comic outlets. I think even Facebook suggested it, which was strange because this is not something that was even on my radar. And it, again, it just started like, kill six billion demons. I was like, that, that title sounds amazing. I need this book. Uh, I eventually did pick it up, not knowing that it was uh, anything about it. I didn't know that it was a free comic. I just purchased it. And I fell in love on, I can actually tell you which page. <laughs> it's the first big splash page of Throne, where it's like this vista landscape of what is supposed to be their world. After that, I was hooked. The art style, it does take some getting used to from my perspective. I looked back at it before we started and for the first couple of panels kind of had trouble getting used to like the faces and stuff. Overall, I would say that that pales in comparison to the story being told, the visuals being presented and just the grandiose, truly epic nature of this piece. Absolutely. So for those of you listening at home or out there uh, listening to this podcast, and you're not familiar with Six Billion Demons or haven't seen any imagery, I think it's only fair that we sort of give you a synopsis of what the story is. Now, me personally, I am not the greatest at sort of explaining things. So I'm going to let Wikipedia do that for us. And basically, the story is about a young woman named Allison Ruth, who obtains an extremely powerful magic item when her boyfriend is kidnapped, discovers a world of supernatural beings ruled by powerful entities, and must learn to survive in this strange new setting while attempting to rescue her boyfriend, defeat the entities, and figure out her own destiny. Now that right off the bat just sounds amazing. Like if yeah. someone just kind of explained it to me like that, I'd just be like, yeah, I have to read this comic book. <laughs> I always struggle with trying to explain it, but the one that I've been landing on has always been, it's reverse Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And she's not fighting seven evil exes. She's killing 6 billion demons. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's actually a good way to put it. Like if they were to actually turn this into sort of a live action adaptation, you would kind of need somebody like, like an Edgar Wright or Peyton Reed, Peyton Reed. To, and, to do to do something. And Edgar like. Wright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe them working together. So yeah, so my general opinion of this book is that it is very good. Now I only read the first five issues. And I do have some pros and some cons about it. Let's talk about the pros. So on the plus side, 
I think that the artwork here is very, very good. I think there's some very rich color work here. Some of the characters, the way that they're drawn is very imaginative. I think the world building here is also really in-depth, well thought out. The characters themselves are kind of fascinating characters. So there's that. So on the negative side, that world building that I think is so great for someone who's unfamiliar with this world can sometimes be a little overwhelming. There's a lot going on in a very short period of time here. And it sort of lost me a couple of times where I had to kind of go back and read certain parts of certain issues. And also because of the way that the narrative is told in those first five issues, it makes it kind of difficult to kind of grab on to any specific character and be like, I actually care about this character. Now, The subsequent issues after this, like in the second trade, I think the way that that story is told, you know, it's a little different. Things are sort of told in a different order. It kind of allows you to take more of an interest, particularly in Allison, like right off the bat. Whereas in this first part, you really don't get a lot of that. And it's kind of a little bit confusing in parts. I have to agree on literally every point you just made. (laughs) Um, While the artwork is absolutely stunning and like i said there are like points where it takes a second to get used to a little bit to kind of slip into the slip into the feel of the art that's that's a very small nitpick at at absolute best the hardest part to wrap your head around is the fact that you absolutely need to be dedicated to read this book even when they take the breathers to explain what the hell is going on, you're reading an angry girlfriend's paragraph of text of just like, here's everything. And you're just like, <laughs> you're, you're, I think that's both a good thing and a bad thing in that, like, the idea of being sensory overloaded puts us in Allison's shoes in that we're getting all this information that's supposed to make sense or at least make sense to this one entity. But It's still gobbledygook that could very well deter new readers. But I also think that by stopping from reading all of that, you do keep yourself from a very enriching experience. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that my personal experience reading this first book here, which encompasses the first five issues, of course, um, my experience with it was that There were definitely times where I wanted to give up on it, where I was just like, this is a little too confusing for me, but there were elements within it that kind of made me hold on. Like, first of all, like, what is a Magus gate? Like, what does it do? Who are these so-called angels? You know, what are the different types of hell? And just these little things here and there that forced me in a way to kind of just hang on. And as I hung on and got into sort of the third and the fourth chapter of this, is when I really started to not only pick up on what was actually happening, but that's where my interest sort of began to get sparked. Another thing, if you start to talk about the plot to the right people, you begin to understand a little bit better. I didn't know this until I started talking to a coworker of mine. Shout out to Thelena if he's listening. But I talked to him about it. And I was like, yeah, this, this comic, and it deals with the Earth being one of uh, 700,777 different universes. And he goes, oh, you mean like that's, that's like Hindi? I was totally ignorant. So it's a nice introductory into Hindi Buddhism. <laughs> it's like, right. And I didn't know that picking up this book. I just thought this person was incredibly like just, I went off the rails. Here's what my acid trip told me. Uh, but no, like <laughs> it's 
a fun introduction and i didn't even know that like hindi buddhism actually used to use comics to explain the story of uh, vishnu like i think it is inspired by a lot of different religions this book yes but it's definitely one of the huge uh inspirations and i didn't know that and i'm very excited that i got to learn something as i was reading this book Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's fascinating that there's sort of, I don't know how to explain it, but like you said, there's sort of a, a subplot or sort of a metaphor, if you will, for religion in general and how we interpret religion. And I think that they've done that in sort of a clever way without kind of shoehorning it in or sort of making it feel like they're trying to make a point with it. Primal warrior Draco Azul is the story of a man who finds a giant robot from ancient Mayan times and uses it to fight giant monsters that are mysteriously appearing all over modern-day Mexico. It's a little bit of Godzilla, Power Rangers, and Pacific Rim, all set against the Mexican backdrop for a unique cultural flair. Guys, I've been lucky enough to read the first few issues of this, and so far, I gotta say, I'm loving it. If you're a fan of mecha, kaiju, tokusatsu, or just really cool action comics in general, this is gonna be right up your alley. You can find Primal Warrior Draco Azul on Amazon Kindle and Comixology. Get yours today. So I thought we'd take a second here to talk about the dollar value of these books. Now, at the time of its initial publishing, which would be about 2016, the average cost of this first trade was about $14.99. Now, today, the book is probably worth about the same. I've looked on a few sites and kind of seen that it's between $14.99 and $19.99, depending on where you look and the condition of the book and you know a few other factors. Now, based on those findings... Does that sway your opinion in terms of whether or not it's a collectible, you know, does that change your opinion in any way? Honestly, not at all. This book is my jam. This is my tea. I really enjoyed every page. And again, I'm a sucker for saga. I'm a sucker for East of West. So like the deeper the lore, the deeper the well, I'm swimming it all the way to the end. Uh, so little am I bothered by the price tag, in fact, that when you were like, hey, man, I want to do this uh, podcast and we want to talk about six billion demons. I use that as my excuse to go get the other three issues. Right. So, <laughs> so it doesn't sway me in the least. I may have a different verdict than you, but it doesn't sway my opinion either. I enjoyed reading this because there isn't such a wide variance in value. There's no real way for me to kind of justify one way or the other, a change right. of mind. So with that, let's go ahead and get into the verdict. So Derek, let's have your verdict, collect or reject. This is a collect for me. This is for me, very exciting to just find something so refreshing and new, beautiful artwork, fantastical story. There's a lot of wonderful inspiration to take here, though I would suggest enthusiastic buyer beware when you're telling your friends about this story, due in large part to the fact of the cons we were talking about earlier, where there is a dedication factor that is required. If you know this person to just read a single issue of Spider-Man and get bored, this is probably not going to be for them. 
Right. Uh, if you think this might be a f- good first comic for somebody, that might not be true. You would know better than I would, of course. But <laughs> I would say that uh, if you are of a like high fantasy mind, like I, I like high fantasy, this is going to be a book for you. And this was a book for me. This is a collect for sure. Right on. Now, this is probably going to be a reject for me. And it's not because I dislike the comic. There are other factors at play here. For one, it's essentially a webcomic. So everything that you get out of getting it as a trade, you can just go right to sixbilliondemons.com and read the entire saga from front to back. Absolutely. Um, So from a collector standpoint, you know, especially since it hasn't really grown in the six years that it's been published by Image, that dollar value hasn't really moved. It's not really looking like a sound investment for me. And when I look at other books, like you know some of the Ultimate Fallout, Miles Morales type stuff, or some of the Saga books, for example, I just don't see that as that wise of an investment. So I'm going to give that a reject. Now that may change later on as my love for this story grows. I'm going to continue to read this, of course. And you never know, you know, 10 years from now, this may be adapted into an animated film or a live action film or a TV series, very much like other independent comics have kind of done. That's sort of been the trend as of late. Mm -hmm. And so that question of dollar value or return on investment may change. But as of today, it really hasn't. And so I'm going to give it a reject. Totally fair. That is something I didn't really focus on a lot in my collector reject is the fact that you can absolutely spend exactly $0 on it and get the full story at the website. And I think there are even other ways to support the creator on the website. Like I think he has a Patreon you can go and donate to if you really like the story that much. And I do. I generally like to collect comics as not only a thing for me, but to be like the catalyst for somebody else. So I could be like, hey, man, I have this great book here. Here you go. And let them make their own decisions. So I guess when I say collect or reject, I'm thinking in more terms of like having it physically versus absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And I totally respect your opinion on the reject. I get it. Right. (laughs) Well, that about wraps it up, folks. Once again, I'd like to thank my guest, Derek Marr, for being here. Before you go, Derek, please tell our audience where they can find you. You can find me at uh, twitch.tv slash I am the one who nerds, all one word. Yes, I regret making my username a sentence. Uh, (laughs) You can also find me at Nerd Cage Live, where me and my friends will be playing D&D. We are doing a campaign of the wild beyond the witchlight. So if you like high fantasy in the vein of Alice in Wonderland, not too dissimilar from Kill Six Billion Demons, come on over and give me and my friends a listen. And we'll definitely be doing that, Derek. Thanks again. And of course, I want to thank all of you for listening to this, our very first episode of Collector Reject. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review this episode. Until next time, this is Mark Withers. Catch you on the next page.
Collect or Reject is a production of Press Play Media in association with Bon Keith Sounds. This episode was produced and edited by Mark Withers. Music by Keith Sewell. Kill Six Billion Demons was created by Tom Parkinson Morgan for Image Comics. For more information on this and other episodes, visit us at collectorreject.com.